We are back with another episode of the Thought Leaders Podcast. Today, I am talking to the insanely talented Donna Adi. Donna is a mixed-media creator specializing in advertising and marketing. She has racked up over 2 million hits on Pinterest and 200,000 followers on her Instagram, where she blends celebrity photos with her own unique style. She has also worked with some of the biggest names in the fashion world, including a kick-ass collaboration with Michael Kors for the 2019 Met Gala. Donna is not only a talented artist, but also a motivated businesswoman, and on today's episode, you will hear how she balances that all. She will walk us through her creative process, what it is like to create your own, create your own art niche in the digital world, and get the inside story on some of her amazing brand collaborations. So I hope you enjoy. This is the Thought Leaders Podcast. Everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Thought Leaders Podcast. I am with Miss Donna Adi, uh, who you all are going to get to know in just a matter of minutes. She is awesome and phenomenal. And hello, Donna. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am good. So let's just dive right in. Please tell the world who you are. Okay, so I'm Donna and I'm a mixed media illustrator and I specialize in advertising and commercial work with fashion and beauty brands. And I've worked with brands such as Puma, Nike, Dior, Beaumont, and several others. And yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Okay, very cool. Um, And where are you from originally? I'm originally from Los Angeles. And living now here in Tel Aviv, correct? No, actually, I'm living in Paris. I'm just in Tel Aviv at the moment. Oh, stuck here with the quarantine like the rest of us. Okay, well, I hope quarantine is going well. So um, the reason we have you on the show today is because you are doing just a ton of phenomenal stuff on Instagram. Um, And would you mind walking me through kind of what you are on Instagram? So, I mean, on Instagram, I basically post a lot of my passion artwork that I, um, you know, feel like creating in the moment. And uh, yeah, Instagram is kind of just a place for me to let out my creative feelings. And um, yeah, they get a lot of really good reactions from people. I give a lot of advice to other artists and inspiration and um, feedback. Sometimes I give feedback to other artists on their uh, Instagram profiles. So um, my Instagram handle is Donna underscore a D if anyone's interested to see it. Okay, cool. So I am not, I've always tried to get into the arts, but you know, it's just never connected with me, but can you kind of walk me through what exactly, cause you have a very unique style and it's very cool and I really like it. I recommend everyone listening to go check it out. Um, but what exactly, what, what is your art like niche, um, with your drawings? So my niche is still uh, a developing niche. I think that you know now with the digital age, it's becoming a lot more popular. But I would describe it as a illustration where it combines reality and fiction, taking a photograph and illustrating over it to bring it a new life. Mm-hmm. And um, me specifically, it's you know my background in animation and illustration combined with my background in fashion and photography, all combined into one. Okay, awesome. So you're kind of combining two worlds. So what would be, and I know this is audio and video, so it's hard to describe, but to your best of your ability, what is a classic Donna Adi uh, art piece? Um, So I guess a classic art piece of mine would just be something very vibrant, funny, a little bit sarcastic, and um, animated 
So it really varies, but I guess it's just kind of like the interaction between photos with animation and just something with a vibrancy and life in it. Okay. Um, so I was doing, um, just looking over your catalog and, it's, and again, it's really, really amazing. Um, so the running theme that I've seen and feel free to correct me is you are taking, um, celebrity and pop culture images and then adding a lot of animation to it. Would you say that is kind of my hitting the nail on the head there? Yeah, I would say that I do find a lot of photos on the internet that inspire me. Uh, most of them are celebrity pieces and it's mainly because I do like, you know, the, uh, the accuracy of the photo of like the planned out, you know, there's a stylist and a photographer and a director all on set when they're planning out these images. So I do find myself more inclined to wanting to draw on those kind of images, but um, it's an array also of other style images. Okay, cool. So um, would you, and I know this is probably a very hard question uh, as, you are an art, as you are an artist, but if you don't mind, take me through that creative process of you find a picture and then how it becomes an idea in your head into something out there in the real world? So for me, it's mainly like something that will just catch my eye. It could be, you know, on Pinterest or on Instagram, on Google, on, you know, someone's profile that I see. And the second that I see the image, I usually know when it's the kind of image that I would draw on. It's not every single image I feel inspired to draw on. Um, but sometimes I see something, I already see the art that's going to happen on there. Um, so I'll find an image or other times I'll have an idea and I'll look for the image that's right for that idea or photograph it myself. And you know, it's very similar to drawing on a canvas where I'll sketch it out first, plan out the composition and then, you know, go on board with all of the layers with the color, the lighting, the shading, the edits, the cleanup. So it's very much similar to painting on a canvas. Okay, so you are actually drawing on what? what um, how do you create the images? It's on an iPad. It's on what is it on exactly? Um, it varies. I work on a Wacom and an iPad. So it depends what the photo is for. If it's something that's for Instagram, um, I can make it on an iPad. If it's for a client, I'm usually working on the Wacom because the technology is better with Photoshop. So mm -hmm. it's a lot easier for me to create on that. Okay. I'm sorry background noise by the way I'm no don't worry we're at quarantine everyone knows that we're, we're at home what are you gonna do um it's okay so you what age did you start uh drawing and getting into art I started drawing at a very young age I, I mean I can't recall like I was five when I held a pencil but I think it was just when I started to play with crayons so I think as soon as any other kid who was holding crayons okay um, yeah uh, and did you do any training? Um, did you go to art school? Um, I didn't go to art school. To me, it's one of my biggest regrets is not going to art school. But I did, um, you know, in high school, I was always in advanced placement art programs. And I was winning awards for my art. And um, when I went to college, I took some night classes. And I always stayed very close to what my passion is. But I never got a degree in art, which is, um, I guess also good because now I'm very eager to keep learning and maybe I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, I like that. I like that take. I find that very interesting. So you, you're drawing all your life, right? Um, and can I say, was that on traditional in traditional methods, canvas, oil painting, things like that? Um, what's the question? Uh, so you, initially when you started drawing, you were and painting and, and, 
um, everything that has to do with art. You were doing it in the traditional methods, correct? Yeah, I didn't start painting digitally until 2013. Okay, so that's what I really am really interested in. Can you take me through that transition from, I'm going to paint on a canvas to, oh, wow, here's this iPad now, I'm going to paint digitally? Hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess that, like, art was always a passion of mine. I was always painting on canvases. I, you know, had an easel at home, an entire, like, corner for art. And I think it was when I was 23 years old, um, I guess my friend was actually working at Viber and she was showing me these like sticker sets that they buy from artists. And I wasn't familiar yet with what digital art was, but I just knew that I loved what she was showing me. And then mm -hmm. she kind of explained to me, oh yeah, you have to buy a Wacom to do this kind of art. And um, I got really obsessed with it because I love like the vibrancy and just the way digital art looked in comparison to what I was doing at the time. And I ended up like finding this guy in Tel Aviv who's a digital artist who is uh, one of my first mentors and someone who I consider a legend. And he gave me some private classes of how to draw on a Wacom. And I remember being so overwhelmed with learning Photoshop and all of the different layers and you know functionalities and the hand-eye coordination because this is before I don't know if Wacom had a tablet with a screen in 2013, but all I remember is that this tablet didn't have a screen and it was years till I saw a tablet with a screen. But um, you would draw on a tablet with no screen, so kind of like on a paper, and then it would show up on the computer in front of you. So you would have to get very used to this like weird coordination that you would have to have with your hands and eyes. And I just remember it being very hard for me to figure out the program and how to do this, but I loved it so much and it just kept going and kept going and taking, I started to take like night classes as well to learn digital illustration and, um, you know, after many years, now I have a career in digital art, which is pretty cool. That is, that is really cool. So how would you say, do you still do uh, canvas painting and whatnot or it's just mostly the digital? So I, so my thing, like since I was younger is pen and ink. It's like what gives me the more, most endorphins. It's just like black and white pen and ink. Um, and I still practice actually with Copic markers, watercolors, colored pencils, everything. I actually haven't painted on a canvas since 2011. And I knew that I was 21 last time I touched real paint. And I don't know why I took such a long break from it, but when I'm going back to Paris, I'm planning on getting back into real painting. But I went to like, I went to like a fine art school when I was a teenager and I learned mm -hmm. oil and acrylic and uh, I'm very excited to go back to it. But it's, it's very similar to digital. This digital, there's a lot more shortcuts. Okay. Um, and you said that you love black and white, right? Painted in black and white. I love the feeling of ink touching the paper with pen pressure. It's something, I don't know if any other artists have spoken openly about it, but that's really my thing, is just like pen and ink. Um, and I do hours uh, drawing with that. And I also think that has a big attribution to my artwork, is a lot of it is just the pen work. Mm. Now, I will say that's very ironic because a lot of your work is very vibrant in color, right? A lot of the digital stuff? Yeah, it is. So how do you see, find that balance that, you know, you're doing a lot of all this massive, you know, really bright colors. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I kind of let go of the pen and ink. Like I don't do it as much right now. Um, my 
my life is very much surrounded by what my career has been known for, which is what you see on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually not doing a lot of my like personal um, right. passion work anymore. Um, but you know, I, I guess sometimes when I'm drawing on digitally, I'll digitally draw like ink, you know, and play around with different character designs and. I still get it out of my system occasionally, but yeah, it's very different than what my pure passion uh, started at. Okay, um, I mean, I mean, make that that to me that makes a lot of sense having you know the passion projects and the career. Um, and speaking of the career, I would love to kind of get a walkthrough of you know because you've kind of really blown up, and if you can just walk me through your career because you've been working on some really cool projects with some massive companies. Okay, so I guess. We could start from the beginning where I um, I'm kind of like an entrepreneur from a very young age. I started out when I was 17 with a graphic t-shirt line and I was designing my own graphics and kind of just like a one man show where I would design, build websites, do my marketing, sell the shirts, haggle with my producer to get like good prices on my stuff. And, um, eventually broke away and opened uh, another like online store with a friend of mine and then moved to Israel, worked for a big fashion designer doing her business development. So I was like in this fashion niche for 10 years, uh, building businesses and working in fashion. And I eventually felt like I wanted to be more artistic and less business oriented. And that's when I started drawing on images. I'm basically giving you a very short version. There are a lot more details, but I started drawing on images as a passion project and I was posting it on my Instagram and very quickly I was uh, getting, gaining a lot of traction online and getting a lot of attention for my work. And I myself didn't really know what I was doing because it wasn't planned. I didn't see, you know, successful digital artists painting on photos. Uh, working for brand campaigns. I didn't have a role model to follow. I was just doing something that I liked. Um, you know, and so I kept posting it, not just because people loved it, but because I also loved it. And I think that, you know, having both of those elements was very motivating. Um, so I continued that. And I think it was within a, the first few months of just building my profile as an illustrator on uh, images. I got my first client. And actually, I think before I got my first client, I got um, an email from the manager of Jay Baldwin, who was a really big reggaeton artist. And she wanted me to design his cover. And I wasn't a business yet. I was still doing some freelance work for designers on the side. And um, I think it was at that point that I realized I need to start structuring a business around this because I'm starting to get inquiries. It looks, you know, it looks like I could get some side cash on, on this stuff. And um, anyway, slowly, still slowly sort of generating more and more clients. And I think it was less than a year into my business. I did my first branded campaign with Nordstrom. Um, then I did one with 20th Century Fox for the movie Love, Simon. Um, and it just kept rolling from there. I did something with Dior. I did just a lot of really cool projects. And, you know, every time I got a project, I learned something new. I learned, uh, you know, whether it was to explore a new niche of art or inspiration or a new term in my legal contracts or a new, you know, way of managing the business. Like I kept learning and kept learning till I built a system, which, you know, I now have. Um, but it was a, it was a very cool experience to have to figure it out on my own. And, 
um, you know, it's not something I went to school for and it wasn't something that was already present. And, you know, a lot of people are fashion bloggers today or, you know, physical fitness bloggers. And you can see that there's a lot of um, role models to follow and a lot of systems to practice. And for me, I didn't have that. I didn't know what category I fell into, but I figured it out. And um, it was a very interesting thing, to say the least. Uh Wow. Okay. So are there a lot of other people kind of doing what you're doing with the digital art or is it, do you feel that you're kind of the biggest presence in that space and people are following you? What do you mean when you see digital art? Digital uh, yeah. Kind of digital artwork that you do, right? You were saying how, um, you know, if you want to be a fashion or a fitness uh, influencer, you have so much, you have so many role models to look up to and you're saying here, you didn't have that many. So I think it's awesome that you, you, you know, you're kind of trailblazing uh, your own path, but um, do you find people who have been copying you or you are really just kind of out there on your own? So I think there's two questions that you're asking here. Uh, one is um, about the copying and then two is, um, are there other people that do exactly what I do, right? Well, not, not exactly, but kind of in your area that you can kind of bounce off ideas and look to them for inspiration or is there like a community or it's really just you, you find yourself just out there alone? Okay, gotcha. So I actually um, have felt that I have been alone in this, in this world because if you look at mural artists, there's, you know, lettering mural artists, there's the graffiti mural artists. There's like so many, um, not just in the niche of murals, uh, is like is one thing, but then there's like sub niches in murals. And if you look in the fine art world, so many sub niches and like the digital art space, the, the animation space, space, the character design space, like there's a lot of these niches that you'll even go to school for and learn this one craft. And I felt like mine wasn't really a niche. Like there was no class in college of, the, you know, illustrating on photos. And um, I kind of, you know, in the beginning, felt like a lone wolf, number one. Um, in the beginning, I didn't know people understood the value of my work. I didn't know where mm -hmm. I fit in in this space because it, this is before I understood that, like, my work is mainly in advertising. I didn't know who I was as an artist, who I'm serving. I also understood right. that my, uh, my place in the advertising world is not because I'm making – like drawing on photos equals advertising. It comes from my background um, in fashion. You know, I had to work on a lot of advertising campaigns and making compelling images that would go viral. So that's kind of what happened with my work. It turned into something that works for advertising. Um, so yeah, I kind of had to figure it out on my own. Till this day, I can't say that I've seen one person that's a mixed media artist that does as just this and is working, you know, on brand campaigns, uh, you know, internationally. Um, but I have seen a lot of artists pop up recently. Um, a lot of them are inspired um, by the work that I put out on the internet. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot. Look, I, I'm, I'm familiar with people that are, in my space and finding inspiration for my work. And I also know exactly when I see it because there are things that I would draw on my walls in my room that you don't make it up, you know, like that, that stuff that's yeah. very much my identity that I've seen other people do online and 
I have, you know, 2.2 million hits on my Pinterest page. I have uh, almost 200,000 Instagram followers. My work is very viral online. So I know that it's, you know, people are pinning it, are finding it and collecting inspiration. So uh, I think that my niche right now is growing. I've seen a lot of, you know, new accounts. And I think it's really cool when someone takes it in their own direction. I really, really love seeing it. I freak out when I just see like someone that got inspiration from me and then turned it into their own world, you know, mm. it's phenomenal. Yeah, um, I was going to say, um, so being this role model or inspiration um, to these other up and coming artists who are kind of doing similar things to you, is that something that is scary or is that something that's, wow, I have a real impact out there? So I think when you're a smaller artist and less experienced, it's a scary thing. You're yeah. like, oh no, someone's stealing my identity. And it's something that I went through when I was starting out, when I didn't know enough about the art world. I'm only three years um, in this space. I'm still very new. So mm -hmm. I think in the beginning, I was a lot more like nervous about being copied and feeling threatened. Um, and then I also learned like, that's just the way it works. You know, I kind of had to um, accept it. And obviously there's a difference between like cut and paste my work or finding inspiration, which is there are a lot of accounts that found inspiration and are, are doing really cool things. And I love it. And I even, you know, it's funny because I even found inspiration from them later down the line where I saw that someone that like, you know, openly started out copying a few of my artworks, developed their own thing. And then I'm like, wow, that's, super cool and I get inspired by them too so it's kind of just like the flow I think there's a fine line and I don't recommend whether it's me or a lettering artist or I don't recommend copying someone and building a feed based on someone else's work which there are many um there are many accounts that have been built off of my work I don't recommend it but I do recommend finding inspiration and trying to find your own voice in the art world wow yeah, I think that, that was a great answer, I have to say. So don't copy people, just draw inspiration. Um, speaking of kind of your big things you work on, um, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you worked on Michael Kors for the Met Gala, right? In, yeah, and I did a graffiti campaign as well for them too. Uh, which campaign? They had a graffiti campaign about two years ago that I helped do some work for. Okay, so uh, the Met Gala is kind of the pinnacle, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, again, of like the fashion world, right? That is, that is the number one event. Everyone's looking at it. And you got to work on that. What year did you work on it? That was last okay. year, 2019. So I would love kind of an inside scoop on how was that? Just even getting that email or that was, hey, do you want to come work? With that was course? very, very intense time. I've actually never opened up about what an intense time of my life that was. And I'm very fucking grateful for it. I'm sitting to class. Um, no, no, you can. No, no, no filters here. Um, so that was during a time that was very intense for me. Like I was booking jobs, like overlapping. And it was a time where I didn't also know how to say no. But um I was supposed to fly to Chicago to give a speech on behalf of HP, like the uh, tech company. Mm -hmm. And then three days, so I was living, I'm living in Paris, fly to Chicago, give a speech. Uh, and I was doing like a workshop for three days there and then fly to Cannes uh, for the Cannes Film Festival. And then I was doing a live show there. And this is all in a matter of one week while also I booked the Met Gala. 
And I remember I already booked these other jobs and the Met Gala came in and I, I couldn't not take it. It's the dream for anyone working in fashion like myself and, you know, artists I hope would appreciate it just as much as I did. So I took the job and I was so excited and it wasn't the first time that I worked with Michael Kors. I was happy to continue our relationship. The art director there is phenomenal and um, it was just a great experience. But I remember that I flew to Chicago. I was incredibly jet lagged and the Met Gala, it had to happen. As soon as the celebrities got dressed, the photographer took photos of them, sent them to me overnight, not even overnight, within that time. I had to draw each outfit and we had to release it within one hour before they like went to the Met Gala. And this is like Tiffany Haddish, Gigi Hadid, Zoe Zaldana, um, Emily Blunt and Bette Midler and Michael Kors himself. Um, and so I'm like not sleeping <laughs> because I'm like. Right. And you had one hour, you had essentially an hour to do all of these people. I had an hour for each one. So they sent me one, one hour to put it out. And this is by the way, I'm also giving speeches and doing workshops at the same time in Chicago. Right. So I'm you know, waking up three hours earlier than my speech, you know, jet lagged, getting these pieces out. Um, you know, going to the show, giving speeches, like trying to rush back to finish the Michael Kors pieces. And I have to say that I'm very proud of how they came out. And there was also a lot of pre-planning. So I wasn't doing this, you know, spontaneously. I actually planned out my ideas before. So I was able to like, you know, push out quality content for them. Um, but it was very, very, very exciting. And I had a lot of adrenaline of like getting everything done and, you know, working on that. So that was awesome. And and at the same time, also preparing for the camp, I was doing a live show for Magnum, the ice cream company. And okay. at the same time, having to prepare for that show. So it was just that like one week of my life was incredibly intense and also a lot of fun. So um, I'm glad that you kind of name dropped some celebrities here. Um, so a lot of the work uh, that you are doing is um, taking the photos of celebrities and adding your incredible uh, take on it. Um, so it's kind of a two-part question. Part one would be one: why um, why do you why is there a focus on celebrities when you do do them? And number two, um, have you gotten reactions from these people, and what do they think of your work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've gotten reactions from them. I've had a lot of celebrities actually share my work or um, follow me or, you know, tell me that they like my work. So um, I've had like Hailey Bieber share my work, Gigi Hadid, Olivia Culpo, Tiana Taylor, um, Elsa Hosk, Sofia Vergara. I've also had like specific celebrities like hire me to do specific pieces for them, which is really cool. And um, I don't mean to pick celebrity images and I'm actually trying to also break away from that because I mm -hmm. do want to do other things, but it just, I coming from the world that I come from and, you know, arranging photo shoots for big brands, for instance, I know that when I'm looking at this photo, it's not, always a spontaneous image it's very much well planned and i love it like i love the the perspective or the composition that was chosen or the you know the idea and the concept and i just want to build off of it so for instance when i see a vogue cover and you know it's with a famous celebrity like let's say kendall jenner it just like everything combined gives me so much inspiration and i want to sometimes just build on it 
Um, it's something I've been doing for years. I do love it. I am interested in, you know, the next chapter of my art. I don't think I'm going to be doing this forever. And I actually think I'm transitioning out of it, but I, um, I just have a thing for it. And it really does come from working in fashion for 10 years. And, you know, just like, this is where my eye is, my understanding, comprehension and uh, passion is. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, again, that, you know, I think that's a really good angle. Um, and you mentioned that you were thinking about kind of moving uh, a bit away from the, um, that, that niche, uh, that you're doing now. So where do you, where do you think you're going to head to in the future? So I don't really believe in planning where I'm headed to, because I think when you plan, you start to hurt your potential to grow because then you're putting limitations on where you should and shouldn't go. Um, I can tell you where I'm inspired to be, which is um, I'm working now on doing more fine artwork. I'm going to be in a gallery in Paris starting next week. Um, so I want to start moving more into like traditional painting. I want to start working off of images that are my own photos. I want to experiment with new mediums of art. I'm not sure if I'm always going to be doing what I'm doing. It's definitely still going to be present on my channels, but I'm building a YouTube channel now, as I said to you earlier, doing a podcast. Mm. I'm trying to evolve a bit, maybe do online classes, do more character design. I have like a series of photos that I took of coffee cups around the world where I want to draw cool characters coming out of them. There's a lot of ideas that I have coming up, um, which I'm very excited to start sharing. But yeah, I, I've been doing the celebrity thing for like three years now and I love it. And, you know, a lot of people are copying it and I think it's a really good sign that it's time to start evolving. Yeah, I think uh, I think when, you know, at a certain point you need to always evolve with anything. And I think that's great um, that you recognize that. Do you, but you did say you are going to continue to uh, put these kind of new aspects out onto your social media um, yeah. channels, yeah. right? Um, have you have you done that all in the past? Have you gotten reactions from your fans? What do people think so far? So far, it, it's okay. I do like dabble, like throw in random things. Even I started putting photos of myself every now and then on Instagram, which is something I never used to do. And sometimes people love it. Other times people are not used to it yet. So it doesn't do as strongly as other images. But I believe that consistency is key. And the more that I'd be posting this kind of content, the better it would do. Um, again, I'm not going to now just be painting like, tattoo skulls it's still going to be in my niche it's just going to be a bit more evolved okay um and so now we're just speaking about the instagram um i think we touched on this earlier um so first of pinterest and instagram are your two biggest um mediums right where you're posting things i would yeah and i guess now my tiktok is not actually that big but which one good. My TikTok, it's growing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, I, I, I am unfortunately not on TikTok, but everyone says I should get on there because it is, it is a lot of stuff to see. Um, but so you kind of started, right? What what was that first motivation to post your work uh, on these platforms? My first motivation to post the work? Yeah. Um, like, why, why'd you go to Instagram and why'd you go to Pinterest right off the bat? I mean, again, I, I was working in this field for a long time. So when I... I was working for a designer in Tel Aviv who's a very, very big and well-known designer. And one of the main things that I was doing was also managing her social media channels, her Pinterest, okay. YouTube, her. And I understood the power and influence. And also back when I had my own clothing line, I understand that like 
posting things online helps build your audience and international awareness. Um, so it wasn't something that I just decided to do. It's something more that's second nature to me of how, how to build a business. And I think that's also who I am as a person. It's not just about, you know, doing cool art. It's also about how do you get it out there? And social media is a big tool to help artists like myself put out their message. And did you think, or um, not think, but um, just looking back, did you see a gradual increase in the channels? Because again, as you said, over 2 million followers on Pinterest. Um, not followers, uh, 2 million new hits. Uh, sorry, 2 million new hits yeah. on Pinterest, uh, about 200,000 followers on Instagram. Did this happen overnight or was it a gradual increase? Um, gradual increase. I wish it happened overnight. That would be like <laughs> here. Okay. Yeah, but it's been uh, slow and steady um, ever since I started. There's never been like that, you know, uh, a lot of people like to label me as an overnight success. And sometimes I wish it was that easy, but it ha I haven't been an overnight success. I wish I was. That would be wonderful for myself, but it's been slow and steady since I started. Okay. Um, and recently, I th which I think is very, very cool, um, you did an interview uh, with Forbes magazine, right? Yeah. Um, so how did that, did they approach you? How did that uh, all, t you know, come about? Um, so that was through a friend of mine who connected us. And um, basically, it, I don't know, they interviewed me. I, I've done many interviews before, but it was just a very standard, here are some questions we'd like to know about you, sent in the interviews. And I actually didn't know what an impact it would have had. I, again, I, like, I guess I didn't evaluate how cool that is at the time so i kind yeah. of now that i invested more in what i had to say but that was pretty cool and that was kind of was that your biggest interview date the forbes um no i think my biggest was i got a spread in vogue spain on april 2020 like okay the, wow the printed version um and i was in spain and i got my hair and makeup done and dressed uh with a stylist and did a really cool uh, spread, which I um, am very excited about that. I think no, I went to France. Yeah, that is uh, that very very cool. Um, so that that just came out in about a month ago, right? About a month ago. I actually need to get that print like printed for my house. <laughs> uh, and how has the response been uh, to both of those? Actually, both the, um, the Forbes and the Vogue. Great, it's been great. You know, I it's funny because like, I always like wanted to have these kind of like accolades. And um, once you get them, or not you in general, but me for instance, I'm like, okay, that was wonderful. Now I'm ready for the next big goal. So I feel like I'm never someone that's able to like sit and think, wow, I got this article. I, uh, it was nice. And then, you know, now I'm ready to like work on the next big thing. Um, but it was, I sound like I'm not very grateful. I'm very- No, grateful. no, no. You sound like, like someone who's extremely motivated, uh, yeah. which is very refreshing because I think a lot of people are like, okay, I got to the top and now I'm good. And I think you're striving um, to go higher and higher, which is very commendable. Yeah. For, for, for me, it's like I, a lot of people like stop me in the streets, uh, in my community, like, oh my God, I saw your Forbes article or your Vogue article. And um, I would have thought that, that I would be so much more confident and proud and think I'm so cool right now. But I, I kind of just feel like I'm the same person still working hard and hustling and, you know, nothing really changed. But I do notice that people's reactions to me have changed, which is funny, but it's pretty cool. 
Okay. Um, and before we go, um, I know you said that you're kind of uh, shifting a little bit um, with the content that you are going to put out. Um, is that kind of why you moved to Paris? Is that uh, excuse me, to kind of uh, focus more on those things or it was just something uh, completely different? Are you asking why I moved to Paris? Yeah. So I moved to Paris with my fiance, um, mainly both of us. He got a good opportunity through work. I agreed that it would be wonderful for my heart. Um, it absolutely has been wonderful uh, for several reasons. Um, the exposure, the kind of exhibitions that there are in France, the style of classes that I can take there. Um, also the full isolation that I have. So I have zero social uh, distractions, which is, I'm a very social person. So I feel like um, I am not as productive when I'm in LA or Tel Aviv, but in France I have maybe two friends now. So mm. I'm a lot more productive, which is wonderful for my career. Okay, awesome. Um, and kind of this is really before we go. Um, I think you've touched on some really, really cool points and how you've kind of, you set out on your own. You're definitely a trailblazer. You've essentially created your own niche in the art world on Instagram and Pinterest. And if you had any advice for anyone, whether or not it's art or anything, but kind of doing what you had to do, which is be the first one to try a new vertical, um, any advice for them? Um, anyone that's starting a new like passion project? Yeah, project, but specifically about putting out content into the world. Okay, so my biggest advice is, and I actually preach this a lot, because I'm, I'm a big supporter of everybody, whether you want to start cooking or you want to start, I don't know, making a YouTube channel on car manufacturing, I don't know. But like, I am very, very big on this. I talk to a lot of my friends about starting their own passion project or side hustle. And my biggest advice is, Stop thinking so much about what you're going to do and just do it because I, I feel like the reactions that I get from my friends that want to start something is, well, I want to do, you know, I want to fix bicycles and I want to bake cookies, but I don't know where to start, you know, and I kind of just feel like whatever you think you're going to do, you're probably not going to do that because whatever it is that you're going to do, it's going to evolve and you're going to see how it's going to evolve. And that's why you just have to start with one thing keep going. Maybe you'll quit that. Maybe it'll evolve into something else. And the idea is just do something that you love and let it lead you because there's so much that can happen when you start something. So, you know, for instance, a friend of mine um, wants to start a, a baking channel. And like my advice is just start doing it because you don't know what's going to happen. Like maybe in a year or two, it's going to turn into cookbooks or, you know, th there could be so much that's going to happen or maybe it's going to be not baking, but I don't know, open a restaurant. Like you just never know. So my biggest advice is stop overthinking what the end goal needs to look like or what everyone else is doing or why you can't do this because it's not realistic in this world. It's that stuff I hear all the time. You have to be realistic. My advice is just start with something and don't worry about the end goal because most likely whatever you start with is going to evolve into something else and you just need to follow it. So um, and try a lot of new things, like be open-minded and, you know, see, see where it's going to take you. It might take a few years to evolve. Um, it might take one month, but just, just start and don't give up, keep going. And, um, you know, and, and also don't copy others, find inspiration because that's the best way to evolve as your own, 
brand and individual and career. So that would be my advice because I think starting is the hardest part. Okay. Thank you so much. This was really fantastic. And again, um, thank you so much for joining me. And <laughs> now I'm going to stop recording. This is the Thought Leaders Podcast. All right, everybody. That is another episode in the books. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us your comments and reviews. And new episodes will be coming out every Monday. So until then, have an awesome week. This is the Thought Leaders Podcast.